What's going on, everyone? I'm Mackenzie Ingram. This is Everything In Between. And on this episode, I'm going to be answering some questions. So I'm super excited about this episode, getting to answer these questions. Um, But I first want to say, this is the last episode of season one. My goal is to do 10 episodes per season and take like a two week break in between. So this will be my last episode of season one. Wanted to kind of do something fun so that you can kind of get to know me, the person behind the voice. Um, but I just want to first thank everyone for all their love and support for tuning in weekly and just being so supportive. It has been such an amazing process and experience so far. And I'm really looking forward to season two. Season two is going to be about relationships. Um, I feel led to talk about this and share more of my testimony. And I'm excited about excited about it. So season two will come in probably about two weeks. And it's going to be about relationships right now, at least if God doesn't change my mind or put something else on my heart. Um, that is what it's going to be in season two. And I'm really excited. So let's hop into these questions. I try to group them very like I try to put the ones that were already very similar together just so that I'm not answering the same one in a different way 10 times. So I've got a few here. Um, I kind of broke them up. It was like three kind of main themed questions, some about my faith and kind of how I grew into it and some advice that I have, some about my opinions of things of the world, and then some about my family and like my life. So let's get into it. Question number one is, what is your favorite way to spend time with Jesus? So for me, my favorite way is worship. I love blasting worship. I love being in worship. It's just so intimate for me. Um, Because in worship, you can do everything. You can sing out loud. You can cry. You can pray to him. Um, And so for me, whenever I'm feeling distant from him, I will seclude myself, put on worship, even if it's in my car, in my room, in my living room, wherever it is. And I also go to a church with an amazing worship team, Um, just amazing worshipers, I should say. It's incredible. And I absolutely love being in the house and being able to worship with them. How do you grow in your faith? Mm, this is good because I think sometimes you're, you can be on a roll and you could be growing and then you kind of feel like, okay, well, I am where I am. I, I like where I am. I'm content where I am. So maybe I don't need to do so much. Um, but for me, it was just staying consistent. Back years ago, it, I mean, really, I've grown the strongest in this last year and a half. And so before then, I would be really all about God and then not and then all about him and then not. And so through this last year and a half, I've had to grow in my consistency. And I think Mike Todd said this and it was so good. It's sometimes a practice that you have to do. You know, you don't wake up. I, maybe I'll just speak to myself. I don't wake up every morning and leap for joy and run around my house because I'm going to read the Bible. Like it's, And it's, I don't want to say that as like a negative thing, but sometimes, honestly, I don't want to do it. Um, And there are some times where I don't, or I'll just do it at a certain time so that I can be more 
in the spirit. Um, but there, there were days where I had to sit myself down and read the word. And then by the time I was done, I was glad that I did it. But it's a practice. It's something that you have to do daily um, and know that as you continue to grow and as you can continue to read the word, the more you will change. And, and you have to, when you read it, it's truly understanding it. You know, I think in college, especially I would read the word, but I wouldn't understand it. So there would be no action from it. Now that I read the word and I dive into it and I take a scripture or a word that I don't know, and I'll look it up and I'll just be more intentional with it. I have seen tremendous growth, um, in my faith. What is the biggest challenge you faced in life and in your faith? So I think my biggest challenge in life is getting through a heartbreak. I've gone through a couple of them. um, And I'm honestly blessed that that's my biggest challenge because I know that there are so many other worse things in this world. But for me, that was really challenging for me, especially as I've mentioned on this podcast before. Um, This my most recent one has been the most challenging, but finally kind of breaking through that wall and getting to the other side, you know, I'm still healing and I'm still taking it day by day, but I'm much better than I was. Um, and I think in my faith is just waiting on God. I'm a very, I don't want to say spoiled, but spoiled person. And I like to get what I want when I want it. And that's not how God works in my life. And so my biggest challenge in my faith has been, has been, staying patient and not taking things into my own hands. And I've failed at it many times there. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've taken things into my own hands. Um, but like I said, a lot of this stuff is practice. It's a lot of trial and error and you kind of learn to grow what works for you and what doesn't. And I know for me and a lot of people taking things into your own hands, um, especially when it's against God, I do think God, if he has called you to do something or be something that you can't just be sitting down, being lazy and waiting for it. Like you should go out and grab it. But in my life, there are many times where he has said, don't. And then I go. So that's been my biggest struggle. Okay. So I love this one. We know that every day we resubmit to God. Your strength today may be your weakness tomorrow. The Bible tells us that new grace, new mercies are given to us each day. However, what are some practical steps that you take in your personal life to consistently resubmit that could be conducive for us? So for me, I'm still learning every day, but the biggest things that that have helped me die to my flesh and submit to God is I start every morning with Thanksgiving. Like I don't ask him for anything. I literally wake up out of my bed And I pray, thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. Thank you for being good to me. Thank you for being who you are. Um, There are little things where I just say, you know, protect my family throughout their day and lead us into the way that you want us to go. Um, But I'm not asking, give me this answer. Give me that answer. Give me this. Give me that. I start my day with Thanksgiving and showing my appreciation for him. Um, And then there are things that I just say every day, your will, not mine, more of you, less of me. And when you start um, saying those affirmations and, um, and, and that you actually understand what they mean, you start to kind of live like that. And it changes the posture of your heart to get out of the selfishness of what can you do for me? How can I get my life my way? It's yes, God, I want this, but I want what you want for me more. Um, I read daily, even if it's something 
quick and short, I always try to read something daily because I have found that the more that I read, the more I grow closer to him, the more holy, the more good I realize that he is, which is which makes it easier to submit to him. Because I think when you are first growing in your faith or even just when you're in relationships, it's hard to submit to someone you don't know. It's hard to submit to someone you don't trust. And so the more that you read the word, the more you get to know God, the more you get to know Jesus, the more you get to know how good they are and how much more you're able to trust them. So those are just some practical things that I do. Again, I'm still learning and there are days where I cave into my flesh. Um, but I think, you know, Jesus knows that we're not perfect people and that we will make mistakes. And um, as long as we're trying and really repenting and turning from that sin, I think that's that makes him happy. So this is another good one. How is God good but evil exists? I feel like people that are growing in their faith and working and, you know, their friends or family can kind of see how they're growing. A lot of them have this question. And I heard this analogy from Shannon Hardy. I'm probably going to post the video that she posted because she worded it. She worded it so well. And like, I get chills every time I hear it. I'm going to try my best to kind of reword how she said it. But she was talking to a man who had a daughter and who had a daughter with him. And he told her, you know, I believe in a higher power, but I don't understand how it's good when there's so much evil. And she went on to explain that if you, that it's probably very frustrating when your daughter doesn't listen to you and when she doesn't obey you and when she doesn't do the things that you expect her to do. And so if you could take a chip and put it into her head that is programmed for her to do every single thing she asks you to do, I'm sure you would like that. And they start laughing and like, yeah, I would love that. But over time, you would realize that it wasn't real. You would realize that it wasn't authentic, that she was only doing it because you programmed her to do so. That every time she picked up her clothes or gave you a hug or told you that she loved you, you would know she really didn't mean it. That she was only doing it because you told her to. And so throughout time, you would realize that it didn't really mean anything. And because God values love, true, authentic intimacy, and wants us to choose him, he will never take that choice away from us. And so evil exists because we live in a world where not many people are choosing God. And then she goes on to say that luckily, God sent his son to die for us. And so through Jesus, we are brought back to right relationship with God. And when we grow with him and we develop that true authentic love, we begin to live the lives that we were made to live, which ultimately is a lot less evil. And I thought that was so good. I watch it every time. Again, the way that she worded it and like the music and everything, chef's kiss. It was amazing. Um, but it made sense to me. And so, you know, there are a lot of things that happen in this world that we don't know why. Um, But I think a lot of it goes to kind of how she said, there's free choice and God will never take that away from us. Um, And so evil exists because a lot of people don't choose God. Okay, so now we're kind of transitioning into a little bit about me and my opinion on some things. So someone asked, are you single and why? So yes, I am single. Um, As I've mentioned many times before, I'm still kind of going through this 
healing process um, and just really focusing on myself and becoming the best version of me that I can. I also think the standards of what I'm looking for are very hard to find. Um, I am waiting until marriage and the second you tell any guy that he is gone, (laughs) but it's fine. Um, I think in this generation, it's very hard for to find either a man or a female um, that are saving themselves into marriage. I do feel like it's a little bit harder to find a man that is doing so. Um, But I know my God is good. And I know that he will bless me with someone that is already doing that or willing to do it with me. So um, I also think another reason is because I told God, do not send me someone unless they are my husband because I like, I can't, I can't go through the heartbreak process again. I just can't. Um, or to give me quick discernment when I do meet someone, but yeah, I can't really complain the fact that I'm single. If I told God, like, don't send me anyone until they're my husband, unless they're my husband. And so I guess no one is ready to be my husband yet. And that's fine. I honestly have enjoyed my singleness. This is the first time where I've been single. Um, I've been like not in a relationship since 2018, but I've always kind of entertained someone or been talking to, or, you know, having someone there this time, it's not like that at all. So it's definitely different, but I'm actually really enjoying it and just growing and becoming who God wants me to be for my husband, whenever he chooses to send him to me. So then this goes into to the question, are you saving yourself for marriage? Yes, I am. Um, I am abstinent. So I haven't always been practicing this, but ever since growing into my faith, God has really convicted me of this and really changed my heart to where having sex before marriage is not appealing to me at all. And I know that's not for everyone. Um, but for me, it has been, um, I'm a little over a year now, so very still fresh and new into this. Um, but I have made it a commitment to wait until I'm married to have sex again. Um, and this goes into the next question is your opinion on sex before marriage. So my opinion, um, is to not have it. And I know that's, you know, the typical church answer, um, but it's in the Bible makes it very clear that we are supposed to, that sex is good. Sex is amazing, but in the context of marriage and when you have sex outside of marriage, you create soul ties, you create bonds with people that have no business even being in your life, which causes a lot of heartbreak, which causes a lot of um, consequences and just a lot of mess that is really unnecessary. Um, and so I ha- I heard this analogy that really changed how I kind of look on this also is one I'm honoring God with my body. So could you imagine choosing to honor God with your body by giving it away to other people? Um, And I did that time after time and after time again. And I just wanted to stop hurting God. But also I think about my husband and I think about my kids um, and that I don't want my kids to struggle with this. But I also don't want to give my husband the very last bit of me. I heard this analogy And it changed the way I look at it. And I think it might've been Mike Todd. He said, you're a chicken nugget 
And every time you have sex with someone, someone takes a piece of that chicken nugget. And what left of that chicken nugget are you going to be able to give your husband? And it's like, you know, a kiddish analogy, but it, I think about it all the time of like, I, people have already been off my chicken nugget. Um, and I want to be able to give my husband the most that I can. Um, I do think he can restore you and make you new again, but you know, there is no line of the fact that other people have already had me, which also kind of answers the other question of my biggest struggle. I absolutely hate the fact that I gave myself to other people, but it's all a part. That's my cat. She's like trying to get in here. I don't even know if y'all can hear her on the mic, but Gracie, please stop. (laughs) I don't even know if y'all can hear her. definitely can hear her. Um, anyways, I'm not going to try to get her away because she's just going to come back. But yeah, I struggle with the fact of knowing how many people I've given my body to, even though I know I'm forgiven and I'm not that same person anymore. It just bugs me, but I'm trying to grow and get over that because there's nothing I can do about it now other than just choose to live right and keep moving forward. Okay. I had to go get my cat because she was up in here. Wow. And so if y'all see her, acting a fool, just ignore her. Um, this is another good question. Love versus lust. Um, again, all of these questions I'm going to re-answer in my next season because it's going to be all about relationships. And I also heard this really good analogy on TikTok about love versus lust that I'm going to try to play somehow, um, on whatever episode I choose to talk about it. I think we definitely live in a generation full of lust and not love, which is Here's Gracie. Do you want to say something to them? <laughs> Please get down. Thank you. Um, we definitely live in a generation full of lust. I think that's why the divorce rate is so high. And we live in such a selfish generation where you literally are, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? What can you do for me? Um, And this guy, he worded it so well. He said, when we move away from the standard of love that God has set for us, love will always lose to lust, but lust, but lust never lasts because lust doesn't live for love. It's a lot of L's, but the way that he talks about it and explains it so well, and I'll definitely try to play that in the next episode. But um, I think it's so true. You know, when Jesus talks about love, it's a sacrificial love. Um, it's it's not a selfish love. It's not what can you do for me type of love. It's what can I do for you? Um, one that lays a life down for a friend. And we just don't live in a generation like that. And I don't think that when you're in a relationship that is very lustful, it'll, it'll never last. You know, that's why you see a lot of guys going crazy over their girls and what they're doing. And then in five months from now, he's bored and he's out here cheating. Um, girls that are goo goo gaga over their man and how good he looks, and how much money he has. The second he loses his looks and his money, he loses you as well. And so it's just a very lustful generation, which I think makes it harder, um, to find that true authentic love. But, um, you know, hopefully something happens soon where people get back to that old school, sacrificial Jesus type of love, but we will see, we shall see. Do you believe in soulmates? So I I don't necessarily. I believe that there can be multiple people for you. You know, it says in the Bible that 
God presented Adam Eve, not God made Eve specifically for Adam. Um, you know, I think that if there was only one person for you and one person, like if there was only one person for everyone in this world and one person got it wrong, it would throw it off for everyone. Um, I do think God can give you discernment on who, but I do believe that he can give you people that are very suitable for you and it's your choice to choose them. And, um, I think also we choose a lot of the wrong people, which is another reason why the divorce rates are so high. But then you even think about that of, you know, you hear people that were married and then found someone that was much better for them. There's no way that they can only have one soulmate because then that wouldn't make sense. So, um, I don't, I think that, you know, there are multiple people that could work for you. You just have to choose and, um, you know, obviously pray and ask for confirmation and discernment on that person. But I do think that there are multiple people that can be suitable for you. Um, if you like, whenever you come across them now, we're going to get a little bit more into like my life and my family and things like that. Someone asked who is more competitive, you or Evan. I personally think I am, but I could also just be biased. Um, but just even like with him and his games, I am furious if they lose or if I lose, like I'm very competitive no matter what it is. Um, I think he is too, but I don't know if he necessarily lets it like ruin his mood um, like I do. What is it like having a professional football player as a brother? I love it. You know, I'm happy for him, but I don't look at him like that. You know, he's just my brother. He still gets on my nerves and sometimes I'm like, get away from me. But it's, it's amazing to be able to watch him do what he loves. Um, it also comes with uh, society and social media and how cruel people are. So that part is not fun. But being able to support him and as he lives out his dream is all I could ask for. What have you learned from your podcast? This is so good. I've learned so much. I've learned one, just really how to stay consistent on things. Also, I learned how like I want to try to get my frame to be the same every single time for my lighting to be the same every single time. I haven't quite figured out how to do that yet. Um, but also just understanding that my podcast, it's not really doing as well as I would hope for it to do, but it's reaching lives and it's impacting people and to see people DMing me and leaving ratings and their reviews, knowing that I'm impacting and changing the life of one person is all that I could ask for, but I have really enjoyed it and I'm super, super excited for season two. And 10 years from now, where do you see yourself and what are you doing now to get there? So honestly, I would love to talk about Jesus. Like I love public speaking and I would love to, I don't know, just kind of travel and speak at different places and help others through my testimony. I also would love to be a wife and a mother. And I think what I'm doing now to get there is this podcast. I'm trying to serve more in church. Um, and I'm also being very intentional of the way that I'm living and the generational curses that I'm trying to break for my family, um, who I'm trying to become for, to be the best wife and person that I can be. Um, and yeah. Do you miss basketball every day? I miss it every day. I don't know if my body misses it, but I do miss it. There is a part of me that still does wish that I was playing, but I know God called me out of that sport. And, um, so now I'm just trying to be obedient and walk every day in my purpose. 
biggest fear, biggest struggle. So I kind of talked about my biggest struggle. Um, I guess another one of my biggest struggles is being a little insecure about myself. You know, I think we all have our insecurities, but um, understanding that I am the way that I am. I look the way that I look. I have the face, the hair, the body, um, because that is how God designed me. And every time I criticize that, I criticize him. And so trying to just grow and that and love myself. Here goes Gracie again. Um, Excuse me. You are being so rude today. Just trying to grow and uh, love myself and that um, has been a journey. My biggest fear. So this might be like a typical fear, but my biggest fear um, is getting to heaven and God being like, you know, my good, well, faithful servant. You had a good life, but man, the life you could have had if you did this. And I know that's like probably not a healthy fear to have because I think when you're intentional and you're walking with God, like he's going to give you that best life. Um, But I'm always afraid that I'm not doing the right thing. Like that's, I guess, another biggest struggle of mine is I just don't want to be doing the wrong thing. And, um, there was Gracie again, sorry. And there are times where I like overthink everything. Like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this my purpose? What is this? What is that? And so it's like a a struggle that I have to continue to work through and know that every day he gives you the light of the steps that you're supposed to take. And through that, you will fulfill your purpose as long as you take those steps that he has presented before you. And this is the last one. What piece of advice would you give your younger self? I love this. Whenever anyone asks, I always say that what you think matters doesn't. Social media, likes, comments, what people think about you, even really what you think about yourself in a negative way, it doesn't matter. Don't stress about the small things. Everything is going to work out the way that it's supposed to. As long as you're doing what you should be doing, living the way that you should be living, things are going to work out. Things are going to be good. Um, And I wish I would have known that. I wish I would have just lived in a headspace of like, this stuff that you're stressing over literally is not going to matter when you get to heaven. So let it go. Keep moving forward um, and just keep pushing through. So this this ended up going a little bit longer because I talked too much, but um, I really appreciate all the questions. And again, this is the last episode of season one. I cannot thank you guys enough for how supportive you have all been. I love you all so much. And um, season two will probably be in about two or three weeks. And I think I'm going to change my days to Wednesday. It just gives me a little bit more time to prepare, but I am super excited and can't wait to come back. Thank you guys so much. We're going to end off in prayer as always. And I will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for this amazing first season. Lord, I pray that the words that you have given me have impacted lives. And I pray as we all continue to just live this life that we live it for you, that you guide our steps, you change our heart, you change our minds, God, and that we all just continue to grow closer to you, grow closer to each other. I thank you for giving me this platform to be able to reach lives and hopefully bring them closer to you. God, we love you. We trust you. We thank you. I ask that you be with everyone these next three weeks um, and really always, but uh, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Oh,